Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. I love my HBCU And boy, boy I love it, love it yeah. I love it, love it yeah. I love my HBCU And man, man. I hope my team they won one yeah. I hope my team they won one yeah. man. I hope my team they won one yeah. I hope my team they won one yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab To see if my team won a lot If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth But if they won, keep tab uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talking Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talking they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Laville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Man, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, both on assignment. I still think Charles, Charles is out there somewhere in Prairie View. He says he's covering the SWAC soccer tournament. That's what he told me, but I haven't had a report yet. I'm still working on it. Then you got Mike Washington. He's out there because it's Prairie View homecoming. They say he's training because he got to do his, his his mile around the school that he does every year, and it's getting tougher every year, so he's out to train a little bit. At least that's what he told me. With that, I have, man, a special. We're going to go in a little bit on the give some love to the HBCU Division II uh, programs this week as we get the insight, CIAA. We got the ex- expert, extraordinaire, fighting gators, as they like to say around this part. Those that know, know, and those that don't know, don't know. But Stephen Gaither doing all things HBCU game. They found him. He big timer now, but he showed us a little love. And it's his birthday. The man's going to give us some time on his birthday. Happy birthday, Stephen Gates. Zach, uh, I'm flattered. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for, the, for all the love. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, you know, always excited to come and chat with you guys. I'm always in there. I'm always watching even when I'm not on. So it's, it's fun to be on whenever I get a chance to. Appreciate it. We preach you. Appreciate you when you jump on there and you do your chats and get in there and you mix it up a little bit. You give us some information, make sure that we do our homework. So I like it. I like it. You stay uh, true to it. So you're going to be to it, as they say, with that being said. Stephen Gaither is going to make sure we do it right on the CIAA. And that is for the mid-major band and the mid-major games of the week. Now we're going to turn the page and we got the other one. We got A.D. Drew. You've seen him regular, but he's got a chance to show out his skills as he does it for the SIAC on a Division II level. 
And it's reason that we should do this, man. There's some big matchups this weekend. Can't get much bigger than this weekend other than next weekend when people are fighting two teams, four in this case in each conference in terms of four all together HBC programs are fighting for a championship. Well, this weekend they fighting to get into it in some ways. With that being said, again, welcome to episode 453 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports. From institutions large and small from the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture. HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. In short, we call it just the HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, that threw me to the side. So I got the next two best players out there in the game, getting the business done around the country and HBCU sports specifically. Stephen Gaither, A.D. Drew, Professor Gaither. Professor Drew, welcome to the show. We're filming from our home studio, sending a signal live to Case Ways 1230M Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer. That's multi- Hall of Fame, I should say, Ralph Cooper in a beautiful home at Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Wait a minute. Yes, you see me in the hotel. I am traveling. I'm here in the beautiful city of New Orleans. I've already tasted some food. I've got my etouffee, some good gumbo. I'm having it like I'm supposed to have it. And I'm going to go check it out this night, too, before I have to get back to Texas for Prairie View's homecoming. But I'm at the North American Society of the Sociology of Sports. Doing my research side, my academic duties, as I'm supposed to do, make sure I keep up with it. That's enough about me. Let me go to you, A.D. Drew. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. You know, we got this D2 football takeover going on on the uh, Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. So all y'all SWAC and MEAC fans might be a kick to the curve for a good portion of this show with me and Steve on this show. And happy birthday to my brother Steve. Uh, Steve. A, you know you're getting older when you actually work on your birthday and it doesn't bother you that you're working on your birthday. As you uh, get closer to 40, then you then you uh, are to 30 now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 work, but it isn't work. So, you know, it's all good. You know, it's um, but it's a pleasure to be here. So, just yeah. 15 years ago, you wouldn't even, you would be nowhere near any type of electronic equipment probably on your birthday. You probably at some club, you probably got something in your hand, you probably out just kicking it and everything. Now you at the, now you at the crib, man, or in the studio, you know, it's that's maturity, my brother. That's maturity. <laughs> <laughs> I've been boring a lot longer than that, actually, probably before my time. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I appreciate. I, I'm glad that you think so. At least you know I'm, that image I'm projecting is good. So there we go. Man, eighty Drew called you old in a nice way. Nobody <laughs> call me if he calling you old. Lord Jesus, let's hey, get we, old we, too. Hey, we 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 was walking the uh, halls of high school doing at the same era, Doctor Cavill. So whatever I say about you, I'm saying about myself. You just you oh, just happened to finish to... Uh, a year before I did. That's right. That's good to know. With that being said, today's episode of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency, LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Let's get it on because after this, man, I got to go catch me a flight, give me some good food before I get out of here, and then I head back to Texas. And it's, it's on, baby. It's on. It's Prairie View homecoming. Y'all just don't know. Like there's not more good food waiting for you, but go ahead. <laughs> 
Where does Israel stay away from that game? I just ain't nothing happening. <laughs> AD Drew, what news of the day that you got in the HBCU landscape? What's on your mind? Let's go ahead and get it out the way. This is our mandatory SWAC reference for, for the show. So let's go ahead and get it out the way. And SWAC, the SWAC is bumped by MLS and specifically the Texas Southern home football game against Alcorn, originally scheduled for Veterans Day, November 11th at Shell Energy Stadium, has been bumped to Sunday, November 12th at 2 p.m. The game will likely have SWAC, impl- uh, SWAC West implications as the Braves are currently in a first-place tie in the division with Southern and 5-3 and three overall, 4-1 and one in the conference. And we know that tie will be broken this weekend as those two uh, go head-to-head. Due to the scheduling of the MLS soccer playoffs, which has the Houston Dynamo hosted a potential home game on November 11th. Both parties decided it was in their best interest to shift the contest back one day, the school said in a statement. Shell, uh, Texas Southern has played at Shell Energy Stadium since 2012. Here's also something interesting uh, to think about uh, down the line after this game, Dr. Cavill. They played Jackson State that following Saturday. So they'll be going into Jackson State on a short week, albeit one day, still rival game, short week, and it could have potential uh, uh, division conference standings as far as possibly getting in and possibly getting out. So there may be some further ramifications from the game being bumped from Saturday to Sunday for Alcorn. As as uh, as you move down the line, just something to keep in mind as a side note. Yeah, great point. And at this point, theoretically, uh, with FAMU still having two games to play, obviously they wrapped up the Eastern Division, but home field advantage for the SWAC championship game is still on the line. Uh, and so, depending on how that plays out, that game, not only in terms of you talking about in Western Division, it could also be determined who has home field advantage. So a couple of things are still on the line. Obviously, we got a lot of weeks to play it out. And the first thing is this big game this Saturday. We'll get more into that in the second half of the show. With that being said, Stephen Gaither, HBCU Sports News, what's on your mind? Yeah, so we got the uh, schools are announced for the inaugural Bridgestone HBCU Invitational from the PGA Tour. Um, So the PGA Tour and Bridgestone Americas uh, have unveiled the field. Uh, for their invitationals, a 54-hole team and individual stroke play. You guys who are real golfers have to tell me what that means. I, it's, it sounds like a lot. Um, but, we, we're uh, missing our, uh, our Charles that when you need expert, Charles Bishop. But we'll catch him on the other side. So you did right. Yeah. You played I, it off. I'm woefully ignorant there. Um, but the schools that will be there, Alabama State, uh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, Chicago State, uh, North Carolina Central, Tennessee State, Florida A&M, Morehouse College, Miles College, Southern University, and Prairie View. Um, see, we got the statement from uh, the PGA Tour Vice President, uh, Kenyatta Ramsey. Nice first name, right? Uh, yeah, I love Excited it. to welcome these outstanding programs for and their players to the Bridgestone HBCU Invitational. We hope to motivate and inspire the next generation of golfers from diverse backgrounds. This is what Ramsey said. The PGA Tour appreciates the support of Bridgestone as we aim to provide these players with an elevated platform to showcase their skills. And we look forward to seeing an incredible week of competition. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be um, so many benefits to the, the golf programs 
that are going to be there. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously HBCU golf um, continues to rise, continue to make uh, you know connections with the PGA Tour and so many other things. So another great chance for our athletes to get out uh, and, and make some connections and you know potentially be the, the next big star there. Good stuff, good stuff. Eddie Drew, you got some more news and notes that you want to get out there? Yeah, let's, uh, let's get this BAC reference out the way. Uh, <laughs> but let's take it away from the gridiron. Let's take it to the ice, as in ice skating. Wow. Howard is forming an ice skating team per a report by the U.S. Figure Skating. Uh, the team was founded by Maya James and Cheyenne Walker, two Howard students who have been involved with the sport since they were children. The duo made the choice of attending Howard instead of other institutions that already had ice skating program. But Walker and James set out to form an ice skating team and become the first HBCU to field the sport. Here's the irony. They didn't even know each other when, when they stepped um, into the Mecca. But they uh, conspired together and worked to form the team. After months of planning, the team was finally able to host their first practice on October 7th. But comes with challenges, Dr. Cavill. Uh, the only rink in D.C. is closed for construction. And we talk to college students. Everybody don't have a car, Dr. Cavill. Right. So they, ha they had to coordinate a bus to pick them up at 5 a.m., take them to a skating rink in Maryland, 30 miles away. And 30 miles in D.C. traffic is not 30 miles in the country. I just want y'all to know that if y'all have never been to D.C. and in D.C. traffic. So, uh yeah, I, I think this is uh, great that, you know, what we two years after the formation of uh, the gymnastics teams at uh, Fisk and Talladega, uh, we've got hockey coming to Tennessee State. Uh, you know, all these non-traditional sports that, we, that we're used to seeing on HBCU campuses uh, really shows the diversity of students who not only want an HBCU education, but also want to participate in things that have been their passion since probably three, four, five-year-old for these uh, particular uh, students. So uh, anything that we could do to diversify our population, uh, increase opportunities for uh, students and student-athletes, A.D. Drew is on board with it. I agree with you. Great points made there on all sides of that. D.C. traffic, I agree with you. Uh, Houston traffic uh, doesn't play second fiddle to none, but you're right, man. It's a thing of beauty uh, unless you... Uh, uh, I'll raise you Atlanta traffic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about it. Hey, Jay, Gaither, Stephen Gaither, excuse me, yes. check this out. I know you get a kick out of this one. North Carolina A&T, and y'all put this out there so you've seen it. North Carolina A&T band warns alumni G-Ho access changes for homecoming. And I was telling somebody this is a big thing for folks that hadn't really been connected with HBC bands. They have been doing this across the world for decades, about decades, where they would formation with the band and they would get into classics and different things. And over the years, you know, it's been a little more challenging. But I guess uh, on the uh, home field, particularly for homecoming, is big, big deal. And they was like, no more, don't do that, no free hookups. And they even told him, we don't have any room in the band hall. Just, just stay out. Get out. I was like, 
Yeah, you know, it's um, and, and you know, I guess we do have to talk about as Josh calls them that school down the highway because they also are that school down the highway to us folks over in Winston Salem as well. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, yeah, and so I, I was I, I did learn that this has supposedly been the this has been the the uh, the procedure, but clearly hasn't been enforced uh, to the level that they're looking to enforce it now. Um, actually, during the Aggie Eagle Football Classic. Um, you know, there was a, there's been a concerted effort, let's say that uh, North Carolina A&T, like a lot of HBCUs uh, for sure here in the East Coast have a track around it. Right. So it's there's a there's a track, a world class track actually around it. And so for football, um, actually, it was the same state. We have a racetrack around ours. So but this is common in this part of the country. So um, that puts a lot of there are usually a lot of bodies um you know, besides the football team and the band, there's usually a lot of bodies on the sidelines on a regular game. Homecoming is just OD past that. So, you know, they are, um, you know, making it clear that you can't enter in with the band. You know, the alumni and others come out there and do their thing. Um, and, you know, they go viral every couple of years with this. Um, so it's a really it's a really big thing. They're also telling people, hey, don't stop by the band room uh, just because they're talking about their numbers are so large. Uh, that they can't allow everybody to do that. So, um, you know, there's been some pushback on, you know, on this. And, you know, everybody, you know, of course, the folks want to say, oh, well, this has been the policy. It's been the policy. Well, clearly it's it's out there for a reason because they they know it's coming. So, um, you know, North Carolina A&T, you know, they got on the their number one band, uh, according to ESPN and their rankings. We'll see where they're ranking yours a little bit later. Uh, but number one band in Division One. So obviously a lot of energy around there. But of course, they're the only the second number one band because Winston Salem State is also number one. <laughs> no doubt, I like that little stick there. More music, more problems, more money, more problems. I guess uh, they say it. But that being said, we'll take our first break. Come back on the other side, and we'll get just into that. We'll give you our mid-major rankings this week and see what these two gentlemen think about the mid-major HBCU marching sport rankings. Talking about the bands, Sticker will be right back after this first break. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center, an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started.
Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gonna tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yessa and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab. We have Professor Drew, Professor Gaither as we get into it this week. Uh, did want to give an update. As you know, this morning, Grambling defeated Alabama A&M in the women's SWAC tournament is going on now in Prairie View. Give you an update there. And so we'll continue to see what it looks like and see who's going to Lift up the trophy in, in the SWAC women's soccer tournament down there at Prairie View, Texas. With that being said, let's get into the mid-major martial sports. No one dropped out this week. There were some changes going in. Um, Talladega, Kentucky State, Fayetteville State receiving votes. But let's get in the top seven. Number seven we got coming in this week is none other than the Benedict Tigers. They continue to hang on. Uh, to that seventh spot. They dropped last week, but they remain in seven this week. One contest. A couple of teams behind them are getting into the mix after this week. I would be remiss to say if whether they're able to stay in the band. They need the fact that the Benedict Tigers, the football team, are probably going to play the extra game there in the SWAC cha- I mean, the SIAC championship, which maybe gives them some room to finally have another contest. But we'll have to see. Bring us to number six. At number six, we have none other than the Albany State Golden Rams marching show band are now 2-0 as they continue to push through and get things done. Uh, 124 points. They move up a spot from previously being six and actually remain in that sixth spot this week after being seven last weekend uh, as they continue to do their thing. At number five, this week, none other than the Virginia State Trojans. They do improve the 3-1, and 3-0. They had a contest the past week that we got in there as they continue to roll 130 points, and they remain uh, in that spot at number five as they continue to move forward. At number four this week, we have none other than Clark 11, the mighty Marching Panthers band, 2-0, 1-0, slowly getting it done, staying in that spot. Not a lot of changes there. At number three, I think we see our first change of the week, and none other than the Langston Marching Pride. They drop another spot this week. They're 3-0 overall in the season, 2-0 in the conference race. They do hold on to one first-place vote, 152 points, as they drop two of those first-place votes this week. Uh, and they move down uh, peg to number three. Bring us to number two. Number two this week is none other than Winston-Salem State, the Red Sea of Sound. The, you got the Fighting Gaithers, now you got the Marching Gaithers as well. 4-1 <laughs> on the season, 4-0. Two first-place votes. They slide up and they get all the way up and get two first-place votes, seriously speaking there. And they move up a slot where they were previously ranked three with 161 points. So Winston-Salem State is getting it done. As you know, last week as announced, they actually were number one in the HBC Marching Sport 
as you close down. They've got one more announcement coming forward, and we'll see. Can they hold on to that and represent in Atlanta the Friday before the celebration? Both should be fascinating. Bring us to number one, Miles Purple Marching Machine for the second week in a row. Uh, they stay in the number one spot. They are at 4-1, 3-0. Oh. Uh, five first-place votes as they can continue to get done. Fascinating there. With that being said, I'm going to go to you first, Stephen Gaither. What are your thoughts in terms of the top seven for the marching sport in week number nine? Uh, well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, again, uh, same the same seven teams. Um, you know, as you guys always say, you know, getting on the road, I know, is important on your poll. So uh, it's going to be interesting uh, this this week, uh, there's a lot of big matchups. It's rivalry weekend in both the CIAA and the SIC. So you hope to see some of those. Um, Drew, I, I need, I, I have a request. I need you for your marching Crimson Pipers to make that trip to Fairfield, Alabama, to take down Miles College, uh, so they can ha be handed an L. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, the rest of sound, man, they're, they're doing it. They're getting it done. You know, they're going to be in Atlanta with me. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know about the rules for cheering for a band. I don't know for a sports journalist for cheering for a band. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, so we need to make that happen. Now, seriously, uh, Dr. Magruder and his uh, folks, they've been, they've been hitting the road as WSSU usually does. Sure. Um, you know, went to North Carolina Central. I know y'all handed him an L there. That must just be the D1 bias. There's no way the sound machine beats him. I just just know. And that's no disrespect to the sound machine. But anyway, but since then, they have, uh, you know, they, they hit the road. They went last week. Thank God, you know, for the band and the powerhouse cheerleaders. We won two out of the three. So finally lost to John C. Smith. So at least we'll never lose to them in the band. Um, yeah. And then Fayetteville <laughs> State, another school that thinks that they're our rival at Winston-Salem State. So. Um, we'll be there as well. Um, so I would look for them to pick up one more victory, and uh, that, that'll be it for them during the uh, marching season. Uh, well, at least for the football team, uh, that's that's a dead end. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, I'm excited about the poll. Also, Benedict will get a chance to go up probably against Allen. I got a chance to listen to Allen last week. I went to that game. Something told me not to go to Charlotte. I'm glad I listened to my intuition. Um, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, so I call Allen versus Edward Waters a great uh, SIEC battle of two up-and-coming bands and two pro programs. So uh, I'm really excited to see uh, how this how this list ev evolves over the next couple of weeks with championships and folks falling out. Good stuff, Gabe. Broke that down real nice. Let's go to 80 Drew and see his thoughts in the top seven pole rankings marches for in week number nine. Well, Steve, uh, I agree with you on that D1 versus D2 bias because Miles's only loss is to a Division One team. Also, and I believe that was to Albany State, if Alabama I remember. Alabama State, yeah. I mean, Alabama State, if I remember correctly. That's correct. So, uh, you know, you're number one in the D2 polls. Your only loss is to an <laughs> FCS program. Whether you lost to them legitimately or whether it's Proceed bias. I'm trying to. I'm trying to help you out with your theory, bro. I'm trying to help you out with your theory. Just roll with me. Roll with me on this one. But Doctor Kavir, yes, your pollsters obviously yes. did not watch the Clark Tuskegee matchup last week. Because if they did, Clark would have one of these on them right now. <laughs> one of these. They don't have enough L's already. 
damn it, I want one on the band too. <laughs> you know, but they obviously did not watch that matchup last week. And if if they missed it, they could go back and watch it on, on the Black College Sports Network. Because the good thing about the these they will be updated. Show the entire halftime for both teams. So nice. I, yeah, I need y'all to go back and reevaluate uh that. Uh uh other than that, Dr. Cavill, uh I think everything is good. And speaking of bands, if you did not happen to catch this past Sunday's BCSN Sports Rap, where we had the chairs of the Band of the Year committee on, and I know Steve worked closely with them as far as getting that information out, they really broke down a lot of what goes into the band rankings, what is their mindset. You know, they we only got through about three of the five categories as they were trying to explain it because you could tell when somebody is passionate about their craft and you don't cut them off. The only problem was uh, the segment ran a lot longer than we uh, did our allotted time. So we we missed uh, getting into uh, two of the categories. So we're going to get them back on so we can talk about those other two categories. And there were so many questions in the chat, Dr. Cavill. We just could not get in, in into it. And the the crazy thing, no one we did we did not have a chance to really put out there that we were going to have a bone because we didn't get the confirmation until late Sunday afternoon that they were going to actually come on. We have been trying to set it up. So uh Steve, I'll let you know when the next one comes up so that you guys can uh watch it. I know you guys uh have written written up stuff about uh some of those interviews that we've done on the BCSN sports rap, but uh it's great, and I'm I'm loving seeing the support of the bands. The bands are a lot more exciting. It's easy to cheer for your band when your team is over than your football team when it's over. I'll just leave it right there. Good stuff, and uh, kudos to you and Brian. I thought y'all did an excellent job with the interviews. Obviously, Stephen Gay for putting it out there with HBCU Game Day, uh, and then you coming up and giving uh, an interview that got a little more in-depth about it. For those that hadn't seen it, make sure you go back and check out this past Sunday's show. Any of them, most of them are always good, but particularly this one with that interview. I thought a lot of good stuff. And appreciate you for getting Brian to get in there and get that last question in there. I thought the response was golden to get an understanding. And we got a little piece of nugget in history in terms of the fifth quarter. Yeah, we find out how the fifth quarter got started. So go check it out for our followers and listen out the good, good stuff. And with that, we'll come back on the other side and we'll get into the mid-major games of the week. We got some big ones. That's why we got these two superstars here. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break because they're going to give you the do's and the don'ts of what might take place this Saturday. Should be good. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. 
everybody. <laughs> if we all go, why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. And who the ball? So listen to Professor Yes, sir. And pay attention, because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab. We have AD Drew and Stephen Gate uh, giving us their insight in terms of some of these major. Games of the week at the mid-major level. Obviously, we have a slack contest, Mississippi Valley State. Uh, Bethune-Cookman should be intriguing. We'll keep you updated there. Make sure you stick with us. Put one of your screens over there. Put our volume up. There's down until we get 30 minutes into it, and we'll give you those updates as we get going. With that being said, let's get in the first one. We're going to give our guests the power on this one. CIAA matchup. Official game of the week, I'm calling it. Mid-major game of the week for the CIAA, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Obi Field, L. Douglas Wilder Classic, CIAA, high noon, HBCU go game. Top three matchup, number three, the Virginia State Trojans coming in with a record of 8-1 and one and 6-1 and one in the conference race. But guess what? Number two, the Virginia Union Panthers are also 8-1 and one on the season with the identical record in conference play as well, 6-1. and one. Guess what? The Northern Division is on the line. Whoever wins this goes to the championship. The other one will be waiting hands and needles to see if maybe they can get outside bid. They don't play the extra game that A.D. Drew always talks about, so that's a challenge. But with that being said, it'll be fascinating. Last year, though, you saw it happen. CIAA represented with two teams. We'll see what takes place this year. Stephen Gaither, what do you think about this matchup? This should be a good one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a, a exciting matchup at Hove, uh, historic Hobie Stadium, the second oldest continuously used uh, football stadium in college football. Um, I think it was built in 1903, 1906. Um, so you know, it's um, it, it, this is a game that we've been waiting for. I not only been all year, but probably about a year and a half. Uh, this time last year, um, you know, this time last year, you know, we thought that this might be the game that would have decided the CIAA. Obviously, Bowie State was in the mix at that time, um, but uh, you know, uh, they Bowie State came and kind of crashed that party uh, with the thrashing <laughs> of the Trojans on their homecoming. Uh, but this year, Virginia State in the second year under uh, Dr. Henry Frazier the third, um, they've come out strong and, and look to be, uh, you know, the clubhouse leader early on. But uh, they got knocked they got knocked on their heels by a uh, Elizabeth City State team that, you know, they're scrappy, they are they're hungry. And uh, they hadn't beaten them in 10 years, and, and their coach came in, and they had a statement win. 
Uh, you know, Virginia State was able to bounce back last week um, and uh, in a big way, scored 75 points on Lincoln and treating Lincoln like the old Lincoln. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you look over at Virginia Union, they were our number one uh, for the for D2 coming into the season. And uh, early in the season, didn't quite look like it. You know, you looked at, um, you know, they, they had an okay game against Morehouse. They, they beat Shaw, but Jada Byers got hurt. You think of what's going to go on in the next game. They uh, go to Livingstone and uh, barely leave Rowan County uh, with the win. Um, and then they go and, and they lose to they go and lose to Virginia, uh, Fayetteville State. And you're like, what's going on? But uh, since that loss, they've been lights out. Um, whether No matter who's been out there running back, whether uh, it's Jada Byers or uh, Richard, uh, I think his last name is Jackson. Um, they got a couple backs, man. I think any one of the three of us could – get behind that offensive line at Virginia Union right now and rush for 100 yards plus. Um, that's how great they've been playing. They've been knocking folks head over heels. And so they come in as the hotter team, I would say for sure, the way that they've been playing. But, uh, you know, I look for this to be a slugfest. Um, you know, both teams are are built around the trenches. Um, you know, Coach Frazier told me at the beginning of the season, uh, the CIAA championship, you know, he had, you know, he had about, 30 or so grad students. Uh, so he got grown men so they could do grown men things. And they've been doing that a lot all year. Um, <laughs> but they're going to come up against another group of grown men, uh, Virginia Union, who at one point they were allowing uh, just one yard per carry um, mm. on the season. That's how the teams were averaging and only getting 30 yards per carry. Um, just a smashing run defense. So I think it's going to come down to uh, the passing game um, for both teams. I think Virginia State, if their passing game – um, you know, can can keep uh, Virginia Union at bay from that that mighty rushing defense. And then for Virginia Union, um, you know, there's going to come a point, just like it did last year in the playoffs, where that passing, they can't hide behind the running game. They have to have a viable passing game. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see if it's going to be this week or not. But uh, a lot of excitement there in the 804. I'm, uh, I'm going to be taking the trip up there. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to that matchup between these two teams. It's it's uh, what we've been waiting on. Good stuff there. Let's go to you, A.D. Drew. Steven and Gaither is going to be doing the game, so we won't ask for an outcome. A.D. Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Well, Steve pretty much boiled all the meat off the bone with that analysis of uh, this uh, <laughs> of this game right there. Uh, not not a whole lot to add except for the fact, like, uh, kind of reemphasize what Steve said. This is the matchup that everyone thought we were going to see the last, probably the last three, four years. And for some reason, one or the other has failed in their mission to make this the, basically the semifinal game for mm. the North, Northern Division. Uh, this year, we got it. Virginia Union, lost to Fayetteville State in a, in a monsoon. They would love to have the opportunity to to avenge that loss, I don't know what the hell happened to Virginia State uh, on on their loss, but uh, <laughs> getting to that conference championship game would uh, would help them would help them avenge that. Here's something else that's key: both of these teams are sitting just outside of the top ten in the regional rankings when you look at the uh, numbers uh, that they use to make these rankings. So obviously the winner is going to have a good opportunity to vault them, vault their way into the uh, top ten, depending on the what happens in front of them. But for the loser, 
they still have a strong case to get into the D2 playoffs. And you know what you know what I would love to see, Dr. Kavir? I want to see the loser of that game in an 11th game. Because of what happened in the SIAC last week, I think that the, the potential of a CIAA SIAC elimination game as an 11th game becomes even more of a reality uh, should that happen. But we have to wait and see. I'm if I can interject for it because I know we gotta get to the next game. It's gonna be the 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 monkey, and I definitely agree with you. I, I made some calls earlier this week. Um, I made some calls to us, uh, you know, some folks, and um, and I asked them about that possibility of eleventh game. Folks who were, you know, on the outside, maybe on the outside looking in. You now the one cat, you know, normally I think this would be a great idea, and I think at the beginning of the year, um, SIC Commissioner Dr. Holloman talked about the possibility of this. But the interesting thing is now that we've got this bowl game, um, I talked to a coach that said, well, for them, um, you know, now that the bowl game may be an option, they may they may take their chances to see if they're going to be chosen for the bowl game uh, instead wow. of trying for the playoffs. So, you know, we have that debate often in the in the FCS, but um, that's another option as well. Uh, it's going to be you know interesting. Again, this is the first year of this bowl, so we'll see what happens. But um, that's something else is on the table, too, that kind of, you know, kind of monkey rich. So we'll we'll see about that. Can I pick it back off that it quickly? Just, just, yeah. just quickly. Uh, obviously, the leading candidate to go to their bowl game, it would be the loser of the CIAA championship game. Uh, I think that would be the uh, the first choice for the people who are putting their bowl game together because the loser of the uh, CIAA championship game is probably not going to get into the Division Two playoffs so and, and i know you talked to some people so i think it would be more beneficial especially in the ciaa's case to find a way to play that 11th game to see if right. they could get this that uh that second team in siac it's probably going to be either tuskegee or ever waters that winds up in that in that bowl game tuskegee cannot go to the uh playoffs because of the turkey day classic ever waters is not eligible for the uh, for the D two playoffs yet, as they're finishing their final year of uh, transition. And geographically, they make sense. And don't sleep on Allen, who would who would be probably the most competitive team of the three in that bowl in that bowl game. So you know, I'm I'm just put some just put some stuff out there as food for thought. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff in terms of. Getting that information, like I said, I brought the gurus in, so it's important that we share that. And you got the added dimension of the bowl game, which is important, so I'm glad you shared that and reminded everybody. With that, let's transition. We're going to go to the SIC. We're going to go to Alabama, Fairfield, Alabama, if you would. Charles Sloan Stadium, top 10 matchup. We got number six, uh, Tuskegee uh, Golden Tigers at number eight, Miles Golden Bears, uh, Tuskegee. Comes in at seven and two and six and one, and Miles comes in at six and three, five and two. A lot on the line in this matchup. It's so much out there, and so many teams in the hunt uh, for that second spot, maybe the number one spot as well. Uh, we won't get into all that details and have you watch and play it out. It's fascinating. <laughs> with that being said, I'm gonna stay with you, Drew. Uh, going into Alabama, you've been talking about this matchup for a while. 
Tuskegee has to go on the road. Can they get it done against the Miles Golden Bears? A couple of weeks ago, people were looking at the Miles Golden Bears, big muscles all up. But after that loss last week, maybe people would think a little different. That means saying, how are you thinking? Well, let's, let's look at this. You, you've got a Miles who lost his starting quarterback in the first series of the game last week against Albany State. And it you know, there's always a reason why your number one is your number one and your number two is your number two. Uh, no disrespect <laughs> to uh to Cameron Ivory, but uh, you know, he's a he's he's shown to be a good change of pace quarterback. Uh, this time, uh, we're given the opportunity to pretty much take every snap in the game, say for about four snaps in that ball game. The results were not as good as they as they needed to be. Uh, all. So you've got a wounded Miles uh, team. They were missing a couple people in the defensive secondary, and boy, did it show against Albany State because I, I don't think Albany State has thrown the ball like that since pre-game, <laughs> since pre-game uh, Giardinia was at uh, Albany State. But you've got a you've got a Tuskegee team who all they do is figure out a way to win. I don't don't know what it is what it is with Tuskegee. <laughs> Tuskegee you talk to a Golden Tiger. Tuskegee has not impressed me this year uh, with the ranking and, and on every poll that I vote on, I have voted accordingly. I have not voted as a Tuskegee alum. I voted on what I've seen on the field. Offensively, they have been too inconsistent. For 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 my liking, so what what does that probably mean, Doctor Kavir? We're probably going to have a, a fifty eight to forty uh uh game <laughs> because I'm talking about how how poor these uh offenses uh have performed over the last couple of weeks. But it, it's just something about struggling to win against Clark and not getting a your first touchdown to like six seven minutes ago in the fourth quarter against Clark scares the crap out of me. So uh obviously you know you know who my rooting interest for, but also I'm rooting for chaos. I want Miles to beat Tuskegee so everybody can get the Tylenol and the calculator and try and, and try to figure out who's in. Because I'm also rooting for Albany State to beat Fort Valley. So not only do you need a Tylenol, you need you need you need an extra strength Tylenol PM to figure this stuff out. How did I know that AD Drew wanted chaos? It sounds a lot like Stephen Gaither as well. With that being said, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Are you rooting for chaos or you think it's not going to happen in this particular game? I, you know, I was listening to AD talk about uh, talk about Tuskegee and how they won, and I could have swore he could have just inserted Fayetteville State for them. Um, but, you know, um, you know, nevertheless, nevertheless, uh, um, you know, uh, I think for sure, um, sometimes it is better to be lucky than good. And Miles' misfortune, uh, is probably gonna be Tuskegee's, uh, it's probably gonna give Tuskegee a big leg up. You know, whenever you lose a quarterback of uh, that caliber this, uh, this early, you, you know, uh, you know, and an important game like this, this late in the season, it's never yeah. good. Um, unless they find that, you know, there's there's a Rudy that they there's a Rudy in Fairfield that we don't know about. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, we talk about wounded bear what wounded dogs do. Wounded bears, you know, they they want to fight, but I, I don't know. I think they're gonna be I think they're gonna be too stuffed with porridge. Um uh, I, I got I got Tuskegee winning this one on the road. So 
He said two stuff was porridge. Let's go into the number one ranked team. AD Drew has talked about this potential matchup all year long, and it's come true. It is a top five matchup. In Columbia, South Carolina, Charles W. Johnson Stadium, 4 o'clock p.m. Central Time, you got a matchup at number one, Benedict Tigers, 9-0, undefeated, putting their undefeated season on the line, 7-0 at number four, Allen Yellow Jackets, 7-2 and 5-2. Quietly speaking, people hadn't really thought about it, but there are some ways that this thing could fly out where Benedict may be slightly in trouble with the loss here. Can Allen Yellow Jackets put it on them and really get chaos going in the SIAC with all the tie breaks and things of that nature? It'd be fun. Or will the Benedict Tigers do what they've done all season long and just win, stay undefeated uh, through the regular season as they go into a conference championship game? I'm sticking with you, Stephen Gaither. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup between the number one Tigers versus the number four Yellow Jackets? So um had a chance to see both these guys play in person. Uh, uh, Allen uh, last week and then a couple weeks ago, I saw Benedict uh, just completely mopped the floor with Fort Valley State. Um, both very impressive schools, um, uh, you know, programs. Uh, I, I don't like the size differential uh, mm -hmm. on Allen, but, you know, they also say that you can't measure heart. And, uh, you know, I have taken a liking to Allen University um, you know, especially after last week, I got a chance to see, um, got a chance to see coach Keaton and, um, you know, big win for that program. Uh, they, they hoisted the AME cup, um, you know, over Edward waters, uh, there was no comeback to be had The comeback kids went home sad. And, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, it, it's hard, man, the heart of Allen, man, it makes me really, I, I you know, bit, everything says Benedict, um, Everything says Benedict. They've been in big games before. They know how to clinch. They've done it before. But I think Allen, I'm going to say Allen is going to win this game. Uh, I, I, wow. I, I don't know. Maybe that's it's just a little guy thing. I got Allen. A little chaos, too. I like that. Go ahead, Steve. So that's that's my chaos bomb. Uh, and, you know, we'll see We'll see how it goes. But, um, you know, again, both of these squads have uh, really come in and, and really – uh, punched above uh, their weight class, uh, and, and so I'm I'm really excited to see this matchup. Andy Drew, what are your thoughts? Bonus game number one: Benedict Tigers versus number four Allen Yellow Jackets. You said watch out for. It. Are you going on the limb? You going with Steven and saying the Yellow Jackets are going to find a way to upset the world? Let, let, let's let's think about this. <laughs> Benedict has won. 21 regular season games in a row. Wow. 21 regular season games in a row. They are playing for something that has not been done since Stephen Gaither's Winston-Salem State teams in the early teens. That's two consecutive undefeated regular seasons. That's what's on the line for Benedict. I'm sorry, I had to bring up I I had to bring up those bad memories, uh, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I love it. But 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 here's the thing. You have the top quarterback in the SIAC going up against the top defense in the SIAC. If David Wright Finds a way to keep this game close 
or win this game, chalk him up for Conference Player of the Year in the SIAC. That no one else will have a resume like his when it comes to Conference Player of the Year. The question is, which <laughs> Allen's defense is going to show up? Because we know what's going to show up in purple and gold. But what, which defense is going to show up in blue? Because you 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 can't afford to give up 28 points to Benedict and try to outscore them. That is not going to happen. And as much as I want the chaos with a Benedict loss, I also, my heart really wants to see the, uh, the perfection of Benedict and a number one seed in the region for the Benedict mm. Tigers. So I am going to stick with the Tigers. It's kind of like Fayetteville State in the South. Until somebody shows me that they can beat Fayetteville State, I have to pick Fayetteville State in the CIAA <laughs> South. Until somebody shows me that they could beat Benedict in the SIAC, I will continue to pick Benedict in the SIAC until somebody shows me that they can beat him. You got Gaither wiping his eyes, talking about CIAA South and finding a way to put it all in the Fayetteville State. He runs with some Salem State. He just Memories with that. I'm let's take, I tried uh, to bring up a good memory, Steve. Yeah, you did. You did. Let's take the uh, second to last break, come back on the other side, get the major poll rankings out, and finish up uh, with some major division games of the week. Stick with us. Be right back after this break. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course, your view parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course, you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a sixth sense. And a head of display. They're here. Hit the field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. If you press the analytic data with your hip hop, if you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow that. And who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor Yesla and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get in the top rankings, top seven. We did have one major division marching sport program in week nine that fell out of the top seven. Um, I think some of those Tennessee State fans, you know, like their uh, Eddie George, Coach George is upset with them attending the game. Some of them might be a little upset with me in terms of the band rankings. But you got to participate. You got to have the matchups. They did it early. They had the tough loss to Norfolk State. And ultimately, it cost them not being able to match up with HBCU this weekend. So they dropped out of the top seven. Let's see who the top seven is. Number seven this week, a new one in the ranking, Grambling State Tigers. As we look at the marching band of the uh, world-famous bands, they get in at number seven. They get it done uh, as they do it at 4-1, 1-0, taking out previously ranked number seven, Tennessee State, this week. At number six, you have none other than uh, Texas Southern around the ocean of Seoul. They stay at number six, but they take a loss. They had a tough matchup against Southern. Southern got it done. Not only did they give the heartbreak to the Tigers coming from behind, getting that win uh, when it looked like the Tigers get it done, uh, they also gave it to the ocean of Seoul. Now, that game was just as close as the other one. It wasn't a comeback. 
in terms of the matchup, but boy, was it close. Texas Southern Ocean of Soul falls to three and one, two and one on the season as they continue to get it done. At number five this week, uh, some changes here as well. Mississippi Valley State, the Delta Devils, they continue to do the thing with the marching green, mean green marching machine. They fall as well to Alcorn State, four and one, one and their first loss, second loss of the season as they continue to move around. It's tough this week, lose to Jackson State, and then they lose also. Uh, to Alcorn, so that run of perfection has ended. We'll see what they do there. Bring us to number four this week, none other than Bethune-Cookman, the marching Wildcats. They stay undefeated, but uh, they keep one first-place vote, but they fall a spot to number four this week. They were previously ranked three, uh, didn't have a contest, and doesn't look like the Valley has taken their uh, team to Bethune-Cookman, so they won't have a matchup this week as we're looking at what's going on there. That game is still 0-0 as they play in the first quarter. Bringing us to number three in terms of that matchup here, Southern. Southern, the human jukebox. They had a big matchup, as I said, with uh, Ocean of Soul. They get it done. They've proven 5-1, and 3-1, and one, hadn't had a marching contest in a while. One first place votes under 64, 68 points, and they move up a spot to number three. Bringing us to number two this week, as you see, is none other than Jackson State, the Sonic Bowman South. They continue to get it done and run it as they are 5-1 and one on the season, 4-0, and oh, as they continue to make moves and get it done. One first place vote as they're running. At number one, remaining number one, as they continue to get it done, Norfolk State, the Spartans, they improve 6-0. and oh, 2-0 in the conference, seven first-place votes. They put the team on the road. Not only did they go, obviously, to Tennessee State for their homecoming, they, on, they got on the road, Howard's homecoming, and then they get it done at home as well. So a lot of contests, as you see in the MEAC, credit to the MEAC. They've sent teams on Thursday night game, Morgan State. The bands were out there. North Carolina Central got on the road. So a lot of credit for these Thursday night games as the band has gotten into action. And then you had a couple of Saturday contests where the bands of the MEAC have hit the road. Credit to them. But with that said, number one ranking this week is Norfolk State. Spartan Legion remains number one in week number nine. A.D. Drew, what are your thoughts on the marching sport for the major division this week? Look, if this was SWAC, MEAC challenge, Norfolk would definitely be the uh, number number one band always always in the BAC. They would they are the class of the BAC when it comes to the bands, hands down. Especially with A and T no longer in the BAC. But it would say it's because Winston Salem State is not in the BAC no more. Yet <laughs> you don't want their problem. It's coming. It's coming. Uh oh. Uh oh. You heard it here. But uh and, and Dr. Kavir, you said yeah. something about uh Tennessee State not having a matchup uh last week. Uh, just just talk about the elephant in the room. Tennessee State has no more matchups this season, Dr. Kavir. Right. They're gonna and continue and continue to uh and continue to slide down. Shout out to Valley for once again being that bright light in a dismal season with with uh with with their band but let's be real that could be the big matchup of all those teams that you all those bands you've just mentioned is going to be 
the Bayou Classic now. Mm. I think of all the matchups that are left this season, yeah, we know we got Alcorn, Jackson, Fam, Bethune, but I think the way that everybody is going to be watched, 70,000 people, uh, one, 1 million eyes on, on the screen is going to be the Bayou Classic in New Orleans the Saturday after Thanksgiving, Dr. Camille. That's all everybody wants to see. Great points. With that, Stephen, what are your thoughts on the marching sport in week number nine, top seven? Well, you know, I would also uh, – I, I would like to show love to a, a band that's not on the top uh, the top seven oh, there. Yeah. But uh, I, I got a chance uh, to listen to them last week. The South Carolina State uh, Marching 101 mm-hmm. um, had the video. Mm-hmm. It's gone pretty pretty viral. It needed uh, – at the end of the game, you know, South Carolina State took it on the chin. Uh, but they had that fifth quarter. It was after 11 o'clock at night, a long game. Uh, I, you know, had to, you know, they were down 21 to zero. I was debating whether or not when I was going to get my fish plate, I made my move um, in the fourth quarter, got my fish plate, secured that. And then after I got into the uh, press box, I heard one of my favorite songs being played and I just had to go outside and record it. So that's Sweet Love by Anita Baker. Um, nice. I was only a couple months old when it came out. Um, so I can feel <laughs> you. Way but anyway, um, and so I posted you. the video and Anita uh, retweeted it. So I'm wow. going to see her pretty soon. Anyway, beyond that, um, they also got – I would love to see if they match up with Norfolk State this weekend, number one in your poll. Um, I don't know. They might they, – They. I don't know if they're going to let them off the leash after last week about after what happened up there in Norfolk. Uh, I, maybe at least not the flagpoles. But anyway. Um, yeah, good point. Yeah, interesting, uh, interesting matchup if they were to face off. Yeah, we'll have to keep eyes on them. That was an unfortunate incident, but you're right. They'll be lucky if they get a chance to continue to move forward with a lot of action. With that said, before we go to this last break, we'll come back on the other side, talk about the marching sports. 40-plus uh, yard touchdown pass for Bethune-Cookman, and they go up in the contest 7-0, just under eight minutes left in the first quarter. Stick with us. will be right back after this last break. We're going to talk about the major division games of the week. Biak and Squat. Stick with us, be right back after this last break. Think all pads are exactly the same? Think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak free and odor free comfort with the totally reinvented always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow that. Who the ball? Who the ball? So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. Mike watch Charles Bishop about. So we got Professor Drew, Professor Gaither. Let's get into the major vision. First one into the MEAC. This is an interesting matchup for me. It's the game of the week. It has a lot more importance next week and beyond than it does this week, if you would, in a weird kind of way. Orangeburg, South Carolina, all of us see Dawson Stadium. It's homecoming for the Bulldogs. Obviously, we heard the news yesterday in terms of the AD resigning. So that's one thing on the plate. But the other thing is, is at 2.30 on ESPN Plus, if you would, and that's 2.30 Central Time, you have number 10, Howard Bison, 4-4 four four on the season, 2-0. and oh. Why is that important? Well, they're still in the race. Central, the number one ranked team that we released this week, 
is also 2-0. Both of them will win this week. You set up a winner-take-all 3-0 type matchup. And obviously with five playoff games in Central and Amiak, you lose one, particularly after three games of play, it's really tough to see if you can find a way out of that hole. On the other side, I have South Carolina State Bulldogs, 3-5, and 1-1. One and one. My overall ranking index has a number 13. So there's not necessarily a lot of room between difference between these two in terms of my overall power index, if you would. More importantly, you see Bulldogs' overall record is 3-5. and five. One and one in the conference race, maybe out of that. Can they find this and maybe try to stick away and see if something happens to Central to lose two? Maybe we shall see. But more importantly, they need these three last contests, which includes this one, to send Buddy Hugh out with a winning record as he retires. So a lot going on in different ways in this matchup. So I'm very intrigued about it. I'm going to go with you, Stephen Gaither. What's your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Can we get the upset by South Carolina State Bulldogs or will Howard make the game of the week next week, meaning if Central gets it done as well, the big game of the week next week? Well, you know, I think Howard, um, I think Howard, obviously, you know, for them, this is a trap game. I mean, you had a trap game last week, but this is an even trappier game than that. This is a trap of traps. Uh, this is the house of mirrors because, uh, you know, they're coming against the South Carolina State. They got, uh, you know, they got the – I don't know if Bulldog tails are big enough to tuck anywhere, but they got their tails. Uh, they went back to Orangeburg with their tails between their legs. Uh, you know, but I think, uh, you know, obviously Howard – you know they had the uh, they had the the, the scrap up with uh, Delaware State. Um, always a, a tough chippy game, but um, you know we look at everything that's going on in South Carolina State. Man, you know I I would love that Howard North Carolina Central matchup to really mean something. And I mean, who's to say it won't? But I don't know. I just have this funny feeling somewhere down in here that uh, South Carolina State is going to figure out how to win one for the Gipper. So uh, Buddy Pugh will go out with his last homecoming on top they will knock off howard and then we'll see what happens after that should be fascinating you're right if i'm a bison i'm very nervous about what the yes, bulldogs are going to try to do for the homes you're right very Andy nervous Drew, what are your thoughts on the ma matchup do you think bison should be nervous or are you like no problem at all they'll get it done hell yeah they should be nervous <laughs> and let, let, let's talk about the the dynamic only one way South Carolina State can get themselves back into the Celebration Bowl content, uh, conversation. Have to beat Howard and then hope Howard gets pissed off because they beat them and then they beat Central. Now yep. we've got it. Now we've got a three way tie. And we're going to let the we're going to let the BAC do what the BAC do when it comes to breaking their, uh, their three way tie. <laughs> right. So. Uh, Everything is shaping up for South Carolina State to find a way to pull this off. I mean, you've got you've got a buddy Pew leaving, you've got the turmoil in athletic administration, you got your tails handed to you last week. And you know, that's usually something that pulls the a team together and the glue that pulls them together. But I don't think so, Dr. Kavir. I really think Howard is going to get this done. Last thing on South Carolina State, I think South Carolina State tried to catch up with Fabu as far as number of athletic directors within a certain time span because it's it's like we both just like 
so soon as we change athletic director, they change athletic director. We change athletic director, they change athletic director. If you go back and look at it, it's always within about a year of each other that these two schools uh, they want to one up each other. <laughs> something, something's going on with the athletic director. I hope we finally got ours right with uh, Tiffany John Sykes. And I hope that they get it right because I don't just go it off the top of my head. This is at least the third athletic director at South Carolina State in in the last four years or so. You may know better than uh, me, Steve, but I'm just going off the top of my head when I say that. With that yeah, being said, don't let your folks run to Yeah, with that being said, let's get in the last game we got, the SWAC Major Division game. And it's a good one. It's a top seven matchup. Both teams have one loss in the division race, Loma, Mississippi, Sphinx Kasem Stadium. Uh, these matchups go back many moons, many years, oftentimes for championships. Last time they played of importance like this, uh, just last year, went down to a final kick. A couple of years ago in Norman, obviously, this was back-to-back SWAC champions, and Alcorn got it done both years. Coaches changing a lot for these types of matchups. But you have number seven, the Southern Jaguars, they got off life support last week and found a way to get it done at home, including a 53-yard kick to tie the game and send it to overtime, and they get it done in overtime against the Tigers. So they improved to 5-3, and 4-1, and one, but now they're on the road at number five. Alcorn State Braves at a 5-3, and 4-1. and one. Boy, this should be a good one. It's on ESPN+. Plus. Hey, Drew, what do you say about this top seven matchup in week number nine? Fayetteville State, Tuskegee and Southern, all are cooking in the same <laughs> kitchen. They just find a way to win. It is not impressive. You right. find you, you can go and find holes in, in, in everything for all three of those teams, but when you look up, they record is what their record is, and they are always in contention for the, the championship in their division, their conference, or, or, or whatever it is. And Southern... Just like those other teams have not impressed me thus far this year. Now, who has impressed me is Alcorn. Yeah, we know they gave that one away against Grambling early in the, early in the season, but since then, Alcorn has impressed me. That especially uh, who was that? I believe that was Alabama State. They played the week after Alcorn, and that they fought. Yep. And that one tooth and nail and was able to pull that victory out. Your quarterback is playing better. You've got your run game uh, going. Your, def- your defense is looking good. And you at home, give me the, give me the purple and gold of the Braves. Good point. There's a lot of things to like about the Braves right now. It's hard to believe that you quietly have a team that's 4-1. Plus, plus that, three, but hey. yeah. Plus, uh, that means the Braves will have a leg up and let my my preseason prediction come closer to being uh true. I already got half of it right. I need I need Alcorn to be the other half because I predicted Alcorn fam you back in July. I see where you're going. Stephen Gaither, number seven Jaguars on the road at number five Braves. It makes for a good one in the swag. It's for the Western Division at this point. What are your thoughts? You're on mute. You're on mute. I really like Southern University. Um, I really do. I, but every year, but every year they find a way to let me down. But you know what? <laughs> Not this year. And you know why? Because I no longer believe um, Luther Vandross make me a believer. I just cannot. I can't get my I can't get hurt anymore. 
we're going to go with Alcorn State. Not only this, and once Alcorn wins this and secures the West, I'm picking Alcorn State to meet North, to meet North Carolina Central in the Celebration Bowl. Oh, we're going to slow your roll, bro. Slow your roll. Slow State, your roll. They will beat Florida A and M. Yes, slow your roll. Beat FAMU. I, that's 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 I've just I just decided that like two minutes ago and I'm sticking with it. Man, he's go. he's playing for keep. Uh, I, I need you to roll your life home. back three he's minutes to reconsider that decision. AD Drew is like, hold on, not so fast. I was everything <laughs> You got a little too beside yourself. Go ahead, Drew. Go close <laughs> hey, uh, wait, but you he, uh you you've been uh you, did you sip some of that birthday Kool Aid while we go to last break? <laughs> Before he came on the show. But that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed AD Drew, Stephen Gaither coming in here and give us some insight, particularly on the mid-major, like none other. With that being said, make sure you check us out on Sunday. From Prairie View, as I'll be heading out after this to get down back to Houston so I can drive on down to Prairie View, get my homecoming and set it out, set it out, set it out. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Mills Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time, 9 o'clock Central Standard Time on Sundays. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on D-R-K-E-N-Y-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, inside the HBC Sports Lab on YouTube. Make sure you check out Stephen Gaither. You know about his work on HBCU Game Day, but he also does uh, a show on HBCU Sports. Check him out on YouTube with his guests over there as they get down and get it. And then you obviously know to find Brian and AD on Sundays in regards to the sports rap. With that being said, dream big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. AD? Of course. Steven? Lecture. Dismiss. Have a like.